G'day Footyology listeners, Roko here. Enjoy our podcast? Well, you can become an official Footyology podcast supporter simply by using the supporter feature through ACAST. There's no subscription or regular commitment, just the sheer satisfaction that comes with knowing you've kept the debt collectors from our door. No, just kidding. It does help though. If you want to get started, you just need to follow the support this show link in the show description. Thanks again. And now let's get on with it. G'day, I'm Rowan Connolly. And I'm Mark Fine. And we're here to wrap up a big round 12 of AFL football. How are you going, Fine? You know what? Even though it was a split round, which means less games, I'm sort of exhausted. It it was a marathon stint, wasn't it? (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to get worse with the other by rounds because Thursday Thursday night footage is about to start. But, of course, massive uh, occasion on the Queen's Birthday Monday with the big freeze. As you can see, we lashed out and bought our beanie in between us. If football's in some sort of peril with the quality of game and crowds not going, then they didn't tell the people at the G today, including the players. Well, I thought the last two games of the round, actually, I thought the Fremantle Adelaide game was a, a, ripper. a, a ripper as yeah, well. Yeah. So uh, put it this way, round 12 finished in a far better place than I think uh, it was in the middle stages. But we'll get to all that Great. and a lot more, the highs, the lows, the everything that mattered about round 12. Let's get into the wraparound. Rightio, well, the obvious place to start, the absolute massive Queen's birthday clash at the G. 83,518 people, and I reckon most of them gave generously for a great cause, Finey, but I reckon the Magpies gave generously too. It was one of their finest hours in the last few years. Fantastic win over the Demons, 2013-133 to 14-7-91. Mason Cox, five goals. Stevenson, four. Hoskin Elliott, four. Josh Thomas, three. Uh, for the Demons, Tom McDonald, a bit of a lone hand up forward yes. with six. But he started on the wing. Yeah, well, they, uh, they're they the ones with uh, the supposed goal-kicking options. But, gee, the Magpies were impressive up forward and around the contest. You know, I thought Jordan Goey was brilliant setting the game up. Yeah, he was. The, this, by the way... You know, the AFL has its critics, and we are amongst two of them. But don't they do the blockbuster well, and they've created an important day. And I know the big freeze is overlaid on it, but Collingwood Melbourne have lived up to the billing of Queen's birthday combatants, and I reckon it's a very special day in footy now. Well, this was probably, you know, in terms of the actual game to be played, this is probably as good a contest as we've had. Obviously, the Demons travelling really well, and the Pies coming both had solid form behind them. But Collingwood really put a stamp on this game in the first quarter, didn't they? And one thing that really struck me was how strong they were around the ball. Now, the Demons in the contestable differentials have been ranked number one all season. Pies have been ranked number two, but the Demons more than double the Pies tally. Pies came out and won contestable in the first quarter today, and I thought that was really significant. They won the tackle count by 10, even though they had more of the ball, and they won the clearance count by five. And uh, 5-5 at quarter time could have been, you know, looking really dicey for the Demons even by the first uh, stanza. You know, I know that we worked the stats to try and get a clearer picture of clearance domination. And I guess it, it tells a tale, but Collingwood were brilliant in clearing the ball with purpose from the stoppages in that first quarter. Yeah, and well, a key to that too was they, they were brilliant at roving to Max Gorn because and, he was winning the hit And breaking clear. This was not sort of handballs that didn't go anywhere or kicks that were under pressure. They really, as you said, had enough decisive inside 50s to probably put the game away. I've got to say that Collingwood, this is nowhere near the imagined team at the start of the year. No. And I like it. Yes, so do I. I like well, my, you know, we spoke about Mike Schick last week, yeah. didn't we? I like him. Yeah, well, also, I think the medium-sized forwards... And it's almost sort of happened by accident in a way, but a lot of those guys they recruited that could go through the midfield have ended up having stints forward. 
And you know, early and, and Mason Cox is two medium-sized forwards well, yeah, stuck true. together. But <laughs> early in the year, it was Dugowie doing the damage. You know, now Hoskin Elliott, Stevenson getting on board. Gee, they've got some options up there. Underrated Hoskin Elliott. I think people just view him as a very competent kick and a finisher of good work. He's, he's much neat. more than that. But he's more than a finisher of good work. He's not Terry Bright. You know, no, but, no, no. But, but I think he... he Look, you can't play in a forward line if you don't apply forward line pressure. Yeah, no, they did it. They did it very well. And I, and I, who would have thought that their forward line would be this effective with both Elliot and Fasolo not really a factor? And, and and more, and more. Yeah, I mean, it's just not the imagined forward line. Yeah, and I think I think Richmond last year proved that you need to be able to think on the run. It's a moving feast with injuries and also form. And I think Colin would have done it so far really well. Yeah, I reckon there were, it's a good indication there last few weeks of how subtle differences can make a much bigger difference overall. Because last year they were great for contested ball. I think they uh, won more disposals than just about yeah. any other. But they but could, no couldn't purpose. kick a goal. But there's no purpose. They're in definitely there. moving the ball quicker. much better. I yeah. mean, they're not looking to frustrate their fans and all football fans with going wide at the MCG. You know, yeah. just. Let's move it on. What did you make of the big battle between Grundy and Gorn? Oh, I thought I thought Gorn won the sort of the pure ruck work, yep. but um, but like I said, I, th- I think that's no good if your midfield can't capitalise on I, that. I and Collingwood's midfield dominate. I don't think Gorn was that smart today. No, you know, I, I think he threw everything into his contest one on one with Grundy. Yeah, and didn't work away from the ball. You know, it, it's more than just proving that you can out ruck Grundy. Uh, quick word yep. on the demons. Um, are we doubting them again on the basis of this, or do we give them a, a little bit of large S? You know, if it wasn't Melbourne, you'd give them the large S. Yeah. I, I just got this feeling Melbourne haven't... <laughs> I feel sorry for them. Big stage jitters, do you think? Well, I, I think it's undone a whole lot of very good work in the last six weeks. You can only beat who you're playing. They, they put them to the sword. But yeah. people are going to say, and the problem is that Melbourne players might believe it. Yeah, that they, that they failed on the big stage. Well, I must say, I, I thought I was convinced when they took Adelaide apart in Alice Springs, but that's yeah. not really a big that stage in a lot of ways, isn't it? Well, Adelaide's not standing up to that form. Well, no, fantastic win for the Pies, and got to say, look, if they can play like that, why aren't they a chance of, of doing some real damage? And and for their supporters, I think they're getting real pleasure out of an unexpected. Unexpected push at the eight, you know, yeah. they're enjoying it. It's good. What is that like, incidentally? What's that? An unexpected push of the eight. Neither are our teams. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Joking. Um, Gallows. We'll be, yeah, we'll be talking. Well, your team was excellent on the weekend. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mine, St Gilda, wasn't. They weren't excellent. <laughs> All right, let's go to game number two. Um, right back to Friday night, which seems a long time ago now. But this, I t- it wasn't a great game to watch, let's be honest. But in result terms, I thought it was really important. And look, I thought a really good win to Port Adelaide, 10-12-72. Defeat of the Tigers, 8-10-58. Really blew them away in that second quarter. I think only the third time this season anyone scored uh, seven goals in a quarter yep, against the Tigers. Yep. And then, interestingly, they really changed tack in the second half and went for a real, you know, controlling the ball, slowing the I'm, game down. I'm not sure of you that. You reckon they did? Well, Richmond... Richmond made it for... Look, Richmond went back to basics in that second half and were not rolling the dice. You know, they, there was a lot of sort of improvised panic by Richmond in that second quarter. Improvised panic. Yeah. You know, tapping the ball, you know. Yeah. But they went to a more sturdy game plan, which is hard to break down. Uh, had I not seen this game earlier on in the year at the same venue with Richmond and Adelaide? Same feel to me. Yeah, Adelaide probably a little bit more free-flowing overall. Yeah, yeah but, but you sort of, in that game, Richmond Adelaide, you thought, well, because they're the premiers and they had Dustin Martin, of course, you sort, you sort of gave them more respect than they deserved on the match. Yeah. And by the end of the game, I thought... No, Richmond were actually clearly the second best team in that yeah. in the contest. No, well, look, I mean, they're, they're mortal. There's no question about that. I guess people now will look at the three defeats all on the road, two in Adelaide, one in Perth. Yeah. Is that an issue if no. they're away from the MCG? <laughs> That's right. It's not really an issue, is yeah. it? Well, I don't know. Oh, I don't think it's a silly question, really. Oh, I mean, if they end up in the wrong part of the eight, it could be an issue. Um, it was almost like, I wouldn't say Port, you know, sort of did this purely to make a statement, but... Um, 
Well, so to me, it felt like that second half, particularly Port, was saying, "Okay, we can play pretty, but we can play really hard footy too." Yeah. Not off. Not many games you're going to win kicking one goal for an entire second half, yeah. is it? Let's talk about their midfield can, can, quickly. Can I just say something? I think most people in Victoria would have watched that game on Channel Seven on Friday night. Yeah. I really didn't enjoy the way the commentary sort of created their own dialogue in the game. The Pollock story, the only, you know, I mean, it's as though it's as though they had a script that they were following, and they were following certain players, and I found it really aggravating. Oh, welcome to the new age uh, world of commentary. I think we've we've talked about that a bit already. Yeah, um, but I'm just I'm just saying it made it hard for a lot of viewers to get a clear picture of what happened in that game. Well, I want to talk about, you mentioned a couple of those guys. Ollie Wines, again, sensational game by him. Jesus, a good player. But hasn't re-signed. Uh, hasn't re-signed. And uh, big hello to Jane, Ollie's mum, if you're watching Jane. And uh, quite welcome to venture out to Tullamarine, Ollie, if you're uh, having some... These are your Chinese <laughs> connections yeah. running yeah. deep, aren't they? <laughs> True. Mm. True. No, a lovely family, the Wineses. Um, <laughs> so are the Eberts and the Byrne Joneses, too, if... Uh, you guys want to send your boys off to Tullerine, go right ahead. Uh, and we'll cut and paste that for next week. So yeah. Well. Uh, Chad Wingard, really uh, good game from him, yep. midfield yes. rather than forward. Um, Pal Pepper did an important uh, sort of stopping job. On, uh, was it Cochin? Yeah, yeah. Cochin. Um, the, Dixon, Dixon ain't right, but he was menacing. I'm, I'm just going to, yeah, he was. I'm just going to refer to this guy in passing because yeah. I will expand on it. But Jared Pollock, I really like Jared Pollock, and I think he's. Very important to Port Adelaide. I thought you were going to say barometer. Oh, no. No, we'll be on those cliches. Um, So how how good do we reckon Port are? Port need to have all those players firing on a weekly basis. They really do. So do most sides. Yeah, but their their secondary players are not filling the breach. You know, I had a look at even in this game, the sort of Jake needs. Yeah, needs struggle. Yeah, I, I just find that they really do rely... And with Hartlett out, they have one less of these reliable old hands. Yeah. And I don't think... I don't know. They're, they're, they seem to not only rely on them as what their contribution is, but the other players take their lead from them week by week. Mm. So if they're down, the younger players seem to drop their heads. I, look, I, I've pumped them up before the start of the season, but I, I think they can improve. I think there's perhaps more scope for improvement yeah. with Port than most of the sides vying for the eight. Jasper Pittard's first game of the season. Is he in their best team? Uh, I reckon he is. I reckon he adds a, a bit of dash off e- even with Burn Jones is a very good player. He was terrific. On, on Look, they've got they've got options all over the ground. That's the, Their flexibility yep. is one of the things I like about them. Quick word on the Tigers. So you, we're not worried about them yet? You know what? He just proves without Dustin Martin, they are a very mortal-looking football team. Well, to wasn't be it, well, it wasn't just him really. They're missing six of that Premiership yeah. lineup. Yeah. Um, who else? Hawley, uh, Townsend. They dropped Graham. Yep. Um, who else? There was another key there? player. Damn it! Mm, damn it! Um, no. Rioli. Rioli. Well done. But you know. That's I, I always had that theory. I always had the theory with Richmond. If they had twenty-one players break even yeah. every week, yeah. they win the flag because Martin will just, you know, clearly dominate the game. Yeah, so yeah. But look, he's at, key to them. He is key. He is evidence again too that you know, as good as they are, they too need all parts of the engine yeah. ticking over. I think. I did love Coxon's effort though. He he lifted himself on yeah, a number yeah. of occasions. Yeah, he's become a, one of the best captains in the Cape, and no doubt. Yes, yes he is. All right, feature game number three down at the Cattery on Saturday afternoon. This is a really interesting game and a good win in the end to the Cats. 14-12-96, defeated North Melbourne 8-11-59. They didn't give them a, a look in, did they? Well, I thought, I thought that there was just a period there, like North kicked the last couple of goals of the third quarter. Yeah. And then missed a couple of chances at the start of the last quarter. Todd they got a goal. That was a disgrace. No, 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 no. Don't. No. Don't steal my thunder. Oh, we're back ranting about yeah, the yeah, yeah, protected no, no, area. No, yeah, yeah. We, we are. That was unbelievable. I'm going to get to it. Oh, God. Uh, anyway, critical goal. Yeah. And they were within 10 points. So I thought, geez, am I, are they going to do what Sydney did early in the season? And in that sense, I thought it was a great response from the Cats. And Gary Ablett led the way. He was terrific for them. And North did nothing from that point. No, they didn't. Nothing. They didn't. It was pretty disappointing. Oh, well, put it, put it, yeah, put it in context. So disappointing of a side most people tend to win the wooden spoon. Correct. Spread. Disappointing of a team that people now think could make the eight. 
you know. It, well, I, I still think they. I'm, I think they will make the eight. I reckon when you have a look at their draw, I think they only play another two top eight sides in the run home. You know, it's an outstanding yeah. draw. Um, but look, I, I've we've both been a bit iffy about the Cats, but I thought that was a really solid win. And and the good players keep bobbing up for them. You know, I thought Kunico did a couple of nice things. Henry's very important. He fills fills that gap and just stands. Had some good the, moments. Couple. Yeah. Of, what do you make of Reece Stanley? Uh, a paper plane, a cardboard. No, n- not a heap. I, I think the he ruck is an he, issue. Because he actually him. rucked well. Yeah, I prefer Zach Smith in that role. To be yeah, honest, I think Zach Smith's hopeless. Well, okay. I do because every time he's in the team, he gets dropped more than. Reece Stanley well, tends to get be getting injured more, but <laughs> they've but, both been dropped a bit. Yeah. They, they, well, you heard who they're hot on the tail of for next season. Uh, no, I just heard Hey Ruckman. Scott Lysette. Well, yeah. good luck with that. I'd be fairly... Well, no, Lysette has said that he wants to be the number one Ruckman and West Coast won't stand in his way. All right, well, give me your thoughts on the Cats. Uh, uh, can they win a premiership? Yeah, if, if every second if every second finals back in Geelong... Yeah, well, it won't be. Exactly, exactly. It, it, this is another season where their final ladder position will be inflated by a, a rich home ground advantage not enjoyed by other, certainly, Victorian teams. I mean, it is great to be able to go back and, you know, sort of batten down the hatches down in Geelong. Just one thing, they've got a great defensive structure, haven't they? I reckon oh, if, you, well, if you said at the start of the season that... Henderson and Taylor would barely have played a game. You'd think, gee, they're going to really struggle. They've been terrific. And Tom Stewart has led the way. He's been yeah. an absolute gun. But I think Colin Jasney's been pretty good as well. Buse. Jeb Buse, yeah. Given the propensity for teams to go to medium and small forward lines, maybe mm. a blessing in disguise on having Taylor and Henderson back there. Yeah, possibly. Um, you know, I like him better up forward when Menzel is, uh, you know, kicking goals and standing up. And But I, I think they've got alternatives they, down there as well. And Gary Ablett, we should mention Gary Ablett, because he... Go right ahead. Well, I thought it was his best game since returning. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, what did he end up with? I thought I wrote that down somewhere. 30-odd. How about in the last quarter where they had... Dangerfield miss a couple and Ablett, you know, the final nail in the coffin. It was funny to see Dangerfield miss it, Ablett miss yeah. it. But they're, you know what, on their own terms, they're hard to beat. So what, is that a, a valuable lesson for the Roos to, to heed, do you think? What can they heed? You know, Higgins played well again. Cunnington tried hard. I mean, where can they pull their socks up in, I guess it was a stark... A, a, Sort of a, re- a reality check mm. that they don't quite have the cattle. And I know it was Geelong, and I'm contradicting myself a bit because it was in Geelong, but they've got that class midfield and they just don't have that cattle in the midfield to go with quality midfields, I don't think. What do you reckon? Uh, no, probably not. Probably not. But it's, it's, I reckon it bats deeper than perhaps we thought it would. Um, do, you if, f- do you find it odd, given that midfield struggle? for the entire game, that Zeeble still plays forward? Uh, yeah, probably. And, uh, well, I think also, just on the forward setup, I think Jared White's been really important for Ben Brown. Yeah. And I think uh, Ben Brown was well held and, and they struggled for scores as no, a result. No, no, yep. But I, I, I still think the Roos will make the eight, which is interesting because at this stage I've got about 13 teams in my eight. I don't know who I'm going to leave out. I'm still in my thunder a bit for hot or not, but I thought Chris Scott won the family battle, you know, that extra player that they had in their back line. Yeah. Every time they had an f- a extra man, you could see it. Norths was completely impossible to find. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the other games that are around. Of course, only seven games this week. Uh, GWS Gold Coast. I don't know how long we spend on this one, Fanny, but well, uh, what a shellacking. Maybe a couple of seconds extra because we've got a little bit of audio to play. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, how do we want to do this? Uh, just straight away. Just straight away, and then, right, and then okay. bow to me. Now, Mister uh, Mister Nostradamus here on our audio podcast last Thursday said this: one vessel is listing, the other one is sailing, and you can only pick the margin in this. And I'll go for one hundred and eight points. Okay. Well done. Well, not well not, done. not many people tip over one hundred points. <laughs> no, that's, that's pretty that's rare. True. Well, Kevin Bartlett does. You, you should have watched me barracking at the end of the game. Oh, is that right? Don't kick it forward. <laughs> there was just this sort of two minutes where the ball didn't go anywhere. <laughs> My wife was going, what are you screaming at now? 
All right, well, let, let's start with the losers. Um, God, they're in a, a world of pain. And look, I've got to say, well, 10 games on the road, you know, I thought the irony here is that they survived that run, I thought, you know, I thought they did okay to hang in there as long as they did, but Jesus, it's taken a toll. I mean, they've lost everything. They would have to fit a one of those security ankle bracelets onto Tom Lynch to, to make, make sure he doesn't leave now. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you know, it's hard. It's hard to his, think. His picture should be posted at the Coolangatta Airport. Do not <laughs> do not let him on a flight. Correct. It's hard to think they're not going to uh, give him extra priority picks or something because it, it really is heading to that you know, stage. You already, know what the something is? What? It's not working. It's just not working. We know, yeah, but we know the Gold Coast is a graveyard for sporting clubs. But we also know that the AFL isn't going to say we were wrong and, and close it up. That look, won't happen. Look, with a nickname like Suns, surely Tasmania's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know, ironic nicknames. Um, no, look, can they somehow get out of it, do you think? They've got plenty of injuries. No. They, they, so know, what, they're going to lose every Stuart game for the rest been, of the year? Stuart Dew's been claimed like Rodney Ede. You know, I mean, it's just this... Bermuda Triangle. It is, it is honestly, even for their talented players, there's a lack of determination and they are the first team now of two years in a row to visibly spit out in games. I mean, just completely... Visibly spit out. Oh, it's a racing term. Just not try. Just players running around doing their own thing. No, it's pretty sad to watch. And so, look, given that backdrop, what do we make of uh, the GWS performance? They're definitely back in town, I think. All right, I... I don't know whether Cameron can do it in the same, in the, with the same authority against better teams, but you know what? So you about Jeremy or Leon? <laughs> Jeremy, <laughs> when you've got a really authoritative forward like that, you sort of wonder why they can't win a flag. And I, I they, you know, I think they can because he is, he just takes the game. You know, he he wants it, he takes it, and that. He's got to touch the buddies about him. I, I find I just find them. Um, I reckon balance has been a real issue yeah. for them, and they really focused pre-season and early in the season on developing a harder edge game and yeah. perhaps slowing yeah. their ball movement down, being a bit what, more spectacular. And and they and they sort of gave away their strong suit in doing so. Yeah. Last couple of weeks, I think they've got that back. But the beauty, the beauty, yeah. the challenge is to find that perfect balance. You know, they had a hard, mean aggressive and brilliant forward in Toby Green. And yeah. He looks like he might not play this. He's got that syndemosis. Yeah, think. yeah, it's not looking good. Although, in terms of pickups, geez, hasn't Matt DeBoer been a pleasant surprise for him? You know what? He, I think he kicked the first or second goal of the game and they, uh, the commentator said, DeBoer, and I thought, that is a portent for things to come for this game. Why? Because <laughs> it was a... DeBoer oh, was the, the B-O-R-E, yeah. I'm very, saying, very... but it was that sort of game. He... Did Freo miss something with him? Well, I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't have been the first. Ross would have told him. <laughs> Ross would have told him not to have any shots at goal. Well, Freo did miss something with Andrew McLeod twenty-two years ago as well. No, so. but I'm saying, but he was a lockdown forward yeah. that always had to give the ball off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's quite deadly in front of goals. Well, Michael Barlow sort of been all right for the Suns when he hasn't been injured too. Um, yeah, right. And and really, yeah, I reckon he has been all right. Okay. Um, that four thirty-five Saturday afternoon game can get lost in the wash a bit, and you probably don't want a game like that. You know why it's called Spotless Stadium? Why? Because nobody goes there, so they don't have to clean it up. I mean, there were not 7,000 people at that ground. Well, we'll read out the official crowd. 7,131. Where were they? In the car park having tailgate parties. Well, yeah. Yeah. It was the rarely seen, the ball went into the crowd, and somebody from two bays away was clambering over seats to throw it back. All right, let's move on. No. yeah, I'm sorry, we have to, but uh, it yeah, was, let's move on. It was uh, clean, it was uh, clinical, and it was pretty quick. Uh, Sydney's demolition, of course, of St Kilda Saturday night at Etihad Stadium. Nine and twelve. A pride game. Nineteen twelve, one hundred twenty-six to seven, thirteen fifty-five. That is one of the best quarters of footy I've seen any side play this year. Nine-one, uh, eight goals up at quarter time, and that was all she wrote. McCart- when McCartan kicked a goal for Sydney, the fix was in. Like, I mean, the, the pain that was being heaped on St Kilda supporters at this point in the game, as they were eight goals to nothing, Tom McCartan's kicking goals and Paddy Cohn getting touched, it was just, it had become truly the agony that 
I guess only St Kilda supporters know. Yeah, you know, one observation I'll make with the Swans, there's always a bit of hand-wringing when one or two of the trio of Kennedy, Parker, Hanabry aren't firing. I reckon that's become much less of a concern this year because of the likes of Heaney stepping up. I think George Hewitt, and we spoke about him, I think, last week, be, developed into a really good run-with player. And uh, Ollie Florent, Will Haywood, they've but, got some real Sinc- dynamic you, you players know, around the world. You ball. know, Sinclair is more than a ruckman. He's a... Yeah, he kicks goals. He's a goal-kicking... Yep. You know, he's the big... He looks like a baby dinosaur. Yep. Well, but, I, g- I gave him a hot last week, and he was fantastic No, he, he's... You know, you went with... I've got to say, you went with um, Sinclair from Sydney. I went with Sinclair from St Kilda. Oh, one. Sinclair from <laughs> Sydney won. The, one. Josh Battle was good for St Kilda. He yeah, he was. Him. He was. He was good. Yeah. That was his first game in, what, nearly two years or something, wasn't it? No, he plays one a year. Oh, one a year. It's like Matthew Scarlett against Essendon. But I'll say this about St Kilda. <laughs> we just can't play against Sydney. And I've seen better St Kilda teams embarrassed in recent years against Sydney, so... Let's, uh, just before we leave that, yeah. okay, St Kilda, that we know the heat's going to come on Richo. Yeah. Is this a coaching problem or a personnel problem? It all falls apart. You know, it's, there's no, there was no coaching problem in the last couple of weeks when an undermanned St Kilda played well against Richmond and West Coast. Mm. You know, at the G and at, in Perth. So we get back onto Eddie Had mm. and we're hopeless. That's between the years, surely. Yeah, I tend to think so, yep. All right, let's move on. And not not Richo's fault. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I get it. Uh, Sunday afternoon at the Gabba. Beautiful conditions up at the Gabba. You know what they say about Queensland. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, not a beautiful game. In fact, one of the most mistake-riddled. And in terms... Oh, I'll get on this too, yeah. actually. But uh, There's some great goal-kicking. Don't. There's another. <laughs> You're stealing all my thunder oh, well, well, How couldn't you watch that game and not be impressed by well, it? stay from the goal square. Right. Then <laughs> that, well, I, I measured the extent of the frustration when I looked at my hand at the end of the game and it was completely <laughs> red and swollen from banging Well, I think Mitch Brown desk. would have given you some cause for concern around the uh, goals. Anyway, end result, uh, you know, in, in the context, I guess, of getting pumped last week, being ordinary on the road over a long period of time, Decent win for the Bombers in the end. 12-12, sorry, uh, that's around the wrong way. 12-12, 84 defeated. Eight, uh, Brisbane, 8-14-62. Jake Stringer, the uh, upward curve continues. I thought yeah. he was great again for the Dons. He's, and, and he's had his start. best when he's selfish. <laughs> well, look, in terms of um, players who are performing, right at the moment, Devin Smith would win the BNF and a canter. Stringer's last three games, I think, have been really good. And Adam Sard's playing good footy. They're so, all great. And I am certain I know who would have got the Essendon club votes for best on ground. No um, question. Zach Merritt. No, McGrath. He was... Yeah, he was good. I th- I, Zach Merritt for me. Yeah, um, but I thought McGrath was also hard. Yep. Selfless. Yeah. And, gee, you know, he is so quick. He's really got a... You know, He's got all the qualities of being a great midfielder. Yeah, yeah, he's, it's his education that it hasn't probably progressed as quick as they would have liked this season. But um, because, he, because he, Worthfold, I think, held him back. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it, it's starting to come together a bit. I, I'll tell you what I like from a future point of view. Well, Mason Redman um, hadn't played since 2016. I thought he showed some really good signs. Yeah, um, and you know, beyond that. Uh, uh, Mac Welfie's the other one I wanted to mention. He's a class act. Yeah. He's definitely in he's best in the best twenty-two. He's, in, he's definitely in that team, isn't he? Oh, no doubt, no doubt. No, and, he, and you look much better. Essendon look much better with McDonald tipping Woody being menacing. Yeah, I don't think he was that menacing. He, I think I there's think, a fair bit of menace left in the tank for Tipper. I, I think there was a bit of panic when he's around the ball. But again, hot or not, will tell the tale. But the best player on ground was not an Essendon player. Uh, no, I agree entirely. And um, they're not going to make the eight, are they? Essendon? Yeah. No, probably not. No, I don't reckon. Not with Col- especially with the Collingwood push. That might have yeah, been. Yeah, no, no. I think the horses bolted there. Yep. All right. Um, uh, but we should mention, you know, Dyson Heffel barely, you know, he got. Yeah, yeah he was going well when he yeah. got. Uh, yep. uh, anything for Hodge to worry about? Um, no. No, I don't think so. Given that Walter's got one week, nobody should worry about anything ever, ever again. <laughs> no, I think. Um, Did I think, you see that with Michael Walter? Yeah, he, he hit a bloke. Yeah, that's a week. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I thought Heppel sort of left himself open, really. So I don't think Hodge has got much to worry about. Um, 
Let's finish off with the game in Perth uh, last game on Sunday. And yep. as we said at the top of the show, it was a cracker. And uh, good work by Freo. 10-11-71 defeated. Adelaide 9-14-68. I do feel a bit of sympathy for the Crows. They've been racked by injuries to important players. But so are other sides. Mm-hmm. They weren't good enough to win. And you've got to wonder... Um, well, I think top four is just about gone. Actually, no, Collingwood gone. winning. It's gone, mate. Well, Collingwood winning leaves them still two games off top four, but yeah. uh, I'm just not sure if they're going to get the players back and gelling um, soon enough for them to make a real tilt at it, and I don't think they can win a flag from the bottom half of the eight. Adam Serra. Serra? Yeah. Uh, He's a top, he was a top ten pick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Number five. Yeah, he's very good. Cox. Brennan Cox. Brennan Cox. Yeah. These are the guys you profess not to know a few weeks ago. No, no, I know Brendan Cox because he was good last year when um, I think Sandalands was out with Camel Toe or Turf Toe or something. He is a, a target as well for Geelong. They want either Lightset or Cox, I heard. Well, let's talk about Freo uh, on their own terms. Yep. Um, is this, and I think we discussed this a couple of weeks ago. Is this rebuild working or not? I mean, they've still, to me, they've still got that feel of flat track bullies about them. It's like they don't even they've have a crack one, when they jump on a plane. They've only lost one game at home? Yeah, to the Eagles. They And they've been north. belted and everyone Did, away. Oh, sorry, two to, then. To uh, north. Yeah, yeah. two. Um, they, we, I think you pointed it out brilliantly last week. I wasn't aware of it. Are they just playing to the home crowd? You know, they're, play, yeah. they're playing to keep... Um, home fans happy and unfortunately they're easy pleased because yeah. they should not be happy well, with that. Average um, losing margin of I think 54 points uh, on the road. So I get this horrible feeling that there's like thousands of people that go to the game oh, I've got a ticket for Frio in three weeks time, you know. I hope they put on a good show. <laughs> I don't know what they did in the, th- you know, I don't know what they did last week. I think there's a bit of a feeling among the Docker faithful that they're sort of treading water a bit. I mean, it's, you know, if you think back to the fact they were in a grand final five years ago, it's sort of, uh, well, top the ladder in 2015. It's been a pretty dramatic fall from grace since then yep. and really a new generation now. But look, you know, a win's a win and it was either decent quality opposition, albeit one weakened by the loss of a few players. And especially at half time, Adelaide seemed to have overcome. Yeah, I thought they had a they they good second look, quarter. Yeah, it looked like they were on, on and off to the race. Well, six goals second quarter, yeah. So, yeah, well done to the Dockers. Uh, yep. Credit to where it's due. All right, that's the wraparound for this week. Time to move on to hot or not. Rightio, everyone knows how it works. Three likes or dislikes out of the round. I'm kicking us off, Finey, and I'm kicking us off with Jared Pollock who he's often described as sort of cream on the cake for Port. Well, I reckon he's a lot more integral to their performance than that. And uh, really interesting game from him on Friday night. Jeez, he had the fumbles early, made a couple of uh, shocking look-away handball and almost ended up in a goal. But made, Bruce McAvaney made a lot of those they early did, They did too much, really. And then Kenny Hinkley dragged him, gave him a bit of a spray on the phone. Well, it had the desired effect because his second uh, quarter was terrific. 11 disposals in that second quarter and a key to Port slamming on seven goals. He ended the game with 28 disposals. He's done that before. The thing that really struck me, though, for a um, supposed outside player, 16 contested possessions. Ah, you've ruined my question. Uh, Is he an inside or an outside? Well, I think he's, he's really learned to play on the inside. So, yep. um, you know, there's a bit of a stereotype about contested possession, which isn't necessarily right because it involves loose ball gets as well as hard yep. ball gets. But he is far more than cream on the cake. I think if Port are going to threaten in terms of winning finals, he needs to be in the good players list, and he certainly was against the Tigers. It was a great effort. He's a guy who cops a lot of flack. I'm a rap for him, and I reckon he can help them go a lot further this season. Your turn. I just You've got to feel for Brisbane. Pollock, Yo, Doherty. Yeah. They picked some good players that didn't want to be there. Hang on. Pollock, Yo, Doherty, um, Carnitas, and Longer. <laughs> Mate. You've ruined the theory. Okay, I've got a hot. Okay. Best on ground in the Brisbane Essendon game was a Brisbane player. And fair, you know what, fair play to Essendon because they made last line of defence a very busy place all day. Yeah, they did. His marking was just superb. We'll say his name. Harris Andrews. He was terrific. He actually went forward. They had a little sniff, little, little, little sniff in the last quarter. He actually went forward and took a mark. Mm. He's just 
He reminds me a bit of Ben Hart. I don't know whether it's the look, but he's got, you know, he's just got really good pair of hands. Well, what's the other thing Ben Hart had? Great judgment. I'm saying, that's it. You got it in one and a bit of red hair. No, I like him. Yeah, no, no he's a, and uh, he's got that loiter stamped yeah, all over him. Look, he, he? he sounds like a department store in Sydney, but he yeah. plays like a good footballer. <laughs> Very good, not fair, not fair. All right, uh, and not for me, second cab off the rank for me. Uh, you'll notice I always follow this hot, not hot format, whereas Finey's a bit more loosely structured, but I like routine. Anyway, not. Goal kicking. Has it ever been worse? Like, seriously, I know people are saying this a lot, but the Brisbane Essendon game, some of the shots missed in that game were absolutely comical. Well, I beg for some Kilda. You'll get no arguments well, from me. Yeah, and the doggies, I think, they're serial offenders. Collingwood used to You're be. right, Brisbane Essendon. It became... It was ridiculous. So McStay, at the start of the last quarter, does not take a mark, by the way, and he's given a mark. It was about, what, 12 metres out? But he didn't control it. I love what the commentators say he had a sense of... he was. Guilt coming in? Oh, right. <laughs> you know, when they know that wasn't free or What about when you're watching your team missing shots left, right and centre and guess who's a guy will mark in the goal square and you're just clenching your cheeks as the guy runs in because you're so convinced he's going to miss as well? The best was Mitch Brown took a mark in the last quarter and he wanted to play on. <laughs> and all the effort players said, no, 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 you'll kick it. <laughs> and he's had a hard time. He wasn't going to kick it. What about the one he did kick from the boundary line? Did you see, he got the ball and he started running towards the fifth row. But it's just hilarious that he... he you know, it's the degree of difficulty that makes it kickable for him. Anyway. Uh, he played well, actually, Mitch Brown. Uh, he was okay. He was a target. He was serviceable. Look, I, I did some number crunching on this. There's been... Um, oh, hang on. What was Melbourne's final score today? Quickly? Quickly. Uh, they 13-18 or something. So they, they... I don't know. I had a feel of 13-18. No, 14 uh, No, they both kicked more goals. Okay. So... This, oh, what they, sorry, I thought... More goals inaccurate. and behinds. No, I no. I thought they were inaccurate. No. Pretty cool. Uh, 14-7. Oh, sorry. Um, talking you... about Melbourne Collingwood 2018. Anyway, before that f- final game of the round today, there had been this season 208 teams in action in 104 games. <laughs> yeah. 76 teams had kicked more points than goals. So 36.5% of teams... In action this season, have kicked more points than goals. That is ridiculous. And when you consider the aim of the game is to kick goals, it is ridiculous. Okay, move on. Yours. And not hot is look the big freeze at the G is fantastic, and sadly it looks like it will outlive its inspiration and hopefully be a testimony to that man's bravery. Indeed. But did you know there was a pride game on Saturday night? Yeah. 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 What, because t- Tom Hickey was given a press conference with uh, suburban footballer Jason Ball. I mean, I think it was lost a bit. And Are you saying that they're sort of deliberately burying them? Do you know there was another special game on the weekend? What was that? The North Geelong game was a retro game. The Phil Baker Cup? Oh, the retro round, yeah. But I saw Geelong I, had the blue colours. Yeah, and I got confused because it was a bye round with the... Was it a bi round, a gay round, or not? That they said hetero, but it was retro. I mean, well, how did North go retro? Was it just Geelong? The way they played um, <laughs> last year. But I just think they're they're all good ideas. Why would you have them in the one? No, no, I agree. Bi, one not full round. I agree. And actually, it's an interesting one about the pride game too, because now I think about it, it's sort of you, you still can't help but have this sense the AFL are sort of. Not grudgingly, but it's, they're not quite as fulsome in their support of that as other initiatives. But I just find it so so obvious and so veneer thin. Oh, Sydney with the gay Mardi Gras and St Kilda being the hub of uh, alternative lifestyle. We'll yeah. make that the Pride game. Because yeah. that, that game hasn't been played with any Pride by St Kilda for years now. No, someone else did that analogy too. Um, all right, my final uh, hot is for Big Tomahawk, Tom Hawkins, who cups a bit of, plenty of flack these days, I reckon, or, or we just sort of take him for granted. But I thought he was fantastic in that win over North and a really mobile... He definitely worked further up the ground. He's a big man, finally, but he's pretty bloody mobile for a big bloke. He ended up with 23 disposals, 11 marks, kicked three goals. 
in 93% of game time. That's a lot of time for a big bloke to be spending on the ground. You know, when, when I, you hang on, wait, I haven't finished. Okay. Just let me finish okay. off the stats. Yes. 221 games. That is the third most disposals he's ever had in a game. At the start of his career, that would have been described as before forward going kick hunting. Now it's absolutely the way to play. Mm. You know, he would have been criticised for being getting possession. Remember, full forwards used to be criticised if they took a mark and they were outside their kicking range. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Favola copped a lot of that. Yeah, even though he could kick them from sixty. Yeah, but it just shows the changing nature of football and. It, probably the player that most people thought would find it hardest to adjust to mobility and usefulness up the ground is actually making a very good fist of it. Yeah, and I reckon he's a smarter player than people give him credit for too. You know, he's sort of tended to go into that stereotype of, oh, you know, big, slow... But he should be smart. His father, two uncles, all played footy. Yeah, footy smart. Yeah, I'm saying, you know, he was born with a footy in in his hands. All right, take us home. Uh, I'm going to go for a hot... Chris Scott over Brad Scott. Oh, yeah. I just think he outcoached him. Yeah. And the, a hot the, Scott. Yeah. He really had control of that game by dint of uh, the loose players created at either end of the ground with an extra backman. For Geelong, it was telling. It was meaningful. And each time, you know, whether it was Tom Stewart or, more importantly, uh, some of the run they got off the half-back line with the likes of Kelly, and that was very effective. I don't know any time North Melbourne had an extra player. I just couldn't see it. Mm. Who, who was it? I don't know. Marley Williams, if it was, he was shut down before he could be of any effect. Uh, completely won by Chris Scott. Does he get enough kudos for his, uh, not just tactical now, but I always think back to his first season as coach at Geelong. Remember when they were spelling their key players? And at the time, this was yeah. seen as yep. being revolutionary, you know, and it probably helped win him a flag in the end. You're such a serious journalist. So my question would be, does he ring his brother up on the, after oh. the game? What, do you reckon the journos haven't asked that one over the years? But it's sort of been, got a bit boring eight I years ago. But it'd be great. Where are you on the freebo, mate? <laughs> You're an idiot. You, you felt that again. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm the, sorry, I'm the old-fashioned journalist. And with the serious question. Yeah, you're the new age <laughs> with the quick button. Are you, yeah, are you, are you going to ring your brother up and stir him? <laughs> All right, this has been far too jovial, Finey, and you know what that means. It's time we get angry. And you know what that means, Finey? It means one thing. Work with me on this. It I'm means, pissed off, Finey. It means it's time for the rant-off. Rightio, Finey. What do you reckon I'm going to rant about this week? Uh, the protected area and score reviews. Well, how can you not, man? A Groundhog Day. All right, just count me in. Three, two, one, any week of the season. I'm pissed off about the protected area, Finey. Yeah, again. Except this time I'm more pissed off about it than I was originally. And doubly pissed off about those bloody useless score reviews. As if this season wasn't a struggle enough without this sort of garbage. Did you see it on the weekend? Did you see it? Did you see it? I saw it. Two incidents each at Geelong and up at the Gabba that nearly had me putting my foot through the TV. Seriously, down at the Cattery, Gary Ablett was about halfway over the fence to get another couple of beers when he gets pinged for being in Todd Goldstein's space. He was barely in the same postcode, let alone looking at him. And there at the Gabba on Sunday, Zach Bailey gets nabbed after he's already run behind his teammate who's standing on the mark. Result, another 50 and a gimme goal to Essendon. But what about a couple of score reviews at the same games? Ben Cunnington has a shot that gets touched, is called touched, but apparently still has to be reviewed. And the doozy of them all, Finey, my friend, was Jake Stringer up at the Gabba. He has a shot. The ball actually changes trajectory as Dane Beams touches it. It's called touch, but mystifyingly reviewed again. And then the video guys have somehow not seen what everyone else on the planet and a few on the, on the uh, other planets in the galaxy have seen and somehow decided it wasn't touched. Increasing the protected area from 5 to 10 metres has made zero difference to opening up the game, but a truckload to cause complete confusion among both players and fans. And the reviews? Well, it was already a dodgy system, but now, what about the hypocrisy of having a touch ball reviewed? Umpires mustn't guess, we're told. So if an umpire calls touched, he's got to be sure it's touched, doesn't he? So if he's sure, why review it? 
And if he's not sure, why did he call it? Either the umpires are guessing, or the men in charge think they must be guessing. And the protected area? Well, I reckon it's time we enforce another protected area, finally. Not 10 metres, but 10 miles. And not around the play with the ball, but around the bloody AFL laws of the game. Because this sort of farce is rolled gold bullshit. Now, you know what? That should be your signature piece on this matter. It was excellent. Thank you. Yeah, you've got it right. Look... I love the, I'm actually enjoying the protected area because it's innocent people caught in the wrong place at the wrong time (laughs) trying to scurry away. That's true. You know, it's a, oh, oh, I'm here. I'm here now. What can I do? But what, you know what I'd do? It makes me so angry. You know what I'd do? What would you do? Because all the players are just trying to run sort of away. I think, look, I'm in the area. I'm going to give away 50. I just, I just cannon into the play with the ball. Just do something ridiculous. Do you seriously think, okay, so the old protected area was five metres. Do you seriously think if you rounded up a hundred hardcore footy fans and said, what was the purpose of increasing the protected area from five to ten metres? How many would actually be able to say, oh, it was, what was it? What do you think it was for? Well, it's to encourage play on. So players were allowed to freely play on yeah. without colliding into somebody. Yeah, except you know what's happened? It came in for the start of 2016. This is the third season we've had it. Contested possessions, up. Yes. Stoppages, up. Uh, ball ups around the ground, about the same. Your Scoring. Your, your blood pressure. My blood pressure, way up. up. <laughs> way up. Um, All right, I rest my case. There is just one other, you know, whilst we are on the rules of the game committee, etc. <laughs> Which we were. You know, they've got to do something about players taking the 30 seconds from sort of 55 yeah, metres yeah. out and then passing it? Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah. Should you be obliged to shoot for goal? Well, you're not obliged to shoot for goal, but if you pass and somebody marks it, it should be play on. Yeah, you could do that. I think you could oblige to shoot for goal. It's complete, okay. uh, Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that's why Sydney beats and killed her. And what's the, <laughs> what's the common denominator here? None of these were things that had to happen. No. The no. law of unintended consequences, Mark Fine, my yes. friend. Are you ready to rant? You know what? I'm almost wanting to rant about that, but no, I've got my own rant. Okay. Three, two, one, rant. Which almost was as long as St Kilda were in the game against Sydney on the weekend. After six minutes, there's not a St Kilda supporter who didn't know the game was over. What do you do for the next three and three-quarter quarters? The humour sort of wore thin. The jokes about the rainbow-coloured numbers on our backs that were hard to see. They wore thin. It was like watching the shower scene from Psycho for three and three quarter quarters. Ah, ah, ah. We'd kick a goal. They'd kick, we'd kick one goal three. They'd kick three straight. In the end, Sydney lost interest in the game in the last quarter and spared St Kilda a almighty shellacking. I, I don't even know if Sydney played in the last quarter. I don't know what happened in the last quarter. I tuned out. I was there, but I just sort of tuned out. Six bloody minutes, it was over. You know, you turn around, it, there wasn't even any optimism after six minutes. You know what last six minutes? No, not my sex life. A, a, sh- a short at the old movies. Like a, it's not even the main course. It, it was over. A little league game. Uh, standing in the queue for a hot dog. Taking a piss. Six minutes, that's all we got. Oh, feel your pain. Oh, mate, it was everybody just turned around after six minutes. They were like three goals, and we were completely hopeless and said, well, that's it. Why, what I, do we do for the rest of the uh, evening? Well, I know what I did. I actually literally nodded off at some stage late in the second quarter. It was... <laughs> there were funny moments. So we sort of extrapolated when they got to nine goals to naught in about, uh, about 14 minutes of football. Yeah. We extrapolated out the final score. You've had a bit of practice with this over the years. Yeah, 118 goals to North. <laughs> um, look, there was nothing. There was an absolutely nothing. People go, oh, Josh Battle. <laughs> Who cares? Six minutes. It's a long night at Eddie Head Stadium when you oh. know you can't win for three and three-quarter quarters. Well, I'm going to make you feel a lot better now by saying there's always next week. Oh, shut up. <laughs> oh, have we got the bye? <laughs> uh, actually, my team has. We're not in danger of losing. Um, all right, that's about it for this week. Very quickly, uh, how was the gig last night? Pardon? I'm looking at the stamp on your wrist. Yeah. Um, Good gig? No, it's actually a mate of mine who I gave a lift to. He's a DJ. Yeah. And, that was um, one of those ones. 
No, he's yeah. He said, "Come in and have a drink." No thanks. Okay. Not again. I love that the old stamp. Next I'd, day, yeah. I'll tell and you. Wash it off. I'll tell you one thing about uh, the weekend's football. Yeah. There's not enough football to sustain. It. We've. What did you feel about sort of Sunday footy and? Oh no, I think I think the next two rounds are a bit of an issue because yeah. we've only got six games and we're plonking one of them on a Thursday. So. Over the next two weekends, there will be six days of football in which there will be only one game played. And if there's a spread of bad ones... Well, well, you pointed out last week, I think in one of your articles, that the bottom end is falling out. Mm. St Kilda, Carlton, Gold Coast and Brisbane. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, well, interesting test. But Queen's birthday game, good. And uh, Sunday in Perth, good. So at least it wasn't a complete... And That was great. That was great. Always is great. And give. Give to it hurts. Fantastic cause. And geez, Neil Danaher's a wonderful human being, isn't he? He is, and I know maybe, I don't know whether your profile befits it anymore, but I'd love to see you go down the slide. Me? Yeah, I'd love it. Can I would love to see you get stuck like Homer Simpson halfway down the well, slide. Well, you saw what uh, Alan, Richard, who Alan Richardson went down, isn't it? Um, Homer? No, he went I'd... down as Mark Robinson. Yeah, I didn't... Not watching any Ellen Nicholson at the moment. But, um, yeah, it was a great day. All right, uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, Big thanks to MySport Live once again for the use of their facilities. Big thanks to Malcolm, our uh, guru and technical wizard. And I'm getting there. All right, you do. You do the other thank you. Okay, your son has been... My son, David. Yeah, your your son, David, has been fantastic. He's um, produced the program tonight, and he has done it under duress because you are the... Absolute ugly parent. I am not. You are so. If this was a football game, you would have been sanctioned for your mistreatment of your son. He's been excellent and you've made it hard for him. You put him up to that, didn't you, David? Right, get in the car. All right, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, he's done a great job. Well done, Davo. Your job was to find a parking spot. Always. (laughs) Actually, nearly bumped into Friday the other way. I don't know what you were doing halfway across the road. Arguing with... Two blokes that I felt had taken up yeah, well, an extra And yeah, you're about to get into me too. <laughs> I was too. All right, okay, that's it. Uh, enjoy your footy and uh, we'll sign off as we've become accustomed to signing off here on this program. May your football be good football and good night.